Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Monday, and welcome to yet another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, Andy Goldstein. And we begin, would you believe, with Andy Goldstein's full-time football phoning. I've added the football bit in there, but uh, the real part of that, Andy goes, that's actually my name above the door. Again, another door. I mean, some aren't actual doors. Some I make the door myself and, you know, buy the hinges and then screw it all up. But this one is a real door. And above it is my name on the Andy Goldstein. Anyway, enough about that. It was me and the Manchester United legend, Paul Parker, on the Andy Goldstein full-time football phoning. Last night, looking back at the Merseyside derby, this is us looking back at that derby with you and words falling out of your mouth. It has finished. Everton nil, Liverpool nil. It may not be a first derby win in 22 attempts, but Everton will feel like they have secured a moral victory. They will have delayed the opportunity for Liverpool to win the title. Really happy. The performance was good. We had uh, good teamwork. The players sacrificed, above all defensively, we had the opportunity to win the game. We were a little bit unlucky, but I think at the end the result is fair. I saw better football games in my life and I saw a lot worse football games. What I saw today was two teams who understand the sense of the derby. There was not one supporter in the stadium and everybody was fighting like crazy. So that's what, what we had to show first and foremost. I like that. And from a football point of view, of course, we have to and want to play better football. But no, we, we step by step, now we are in the season, made the first step, was not the perfect one, but good enough to work with, and that's what we did. You'd have thought there would have been a little bit more quality in there, but it wasn't there. And, and the one thing that was missing was that genuine atmosphere you normally get with this start with this game. It, one of the biggest derbies out there in, in world football, just what goes with it. And it wasn't there, the normal intensity, the fiery atmosphere, the fire in the belly on the pitch. It just wasn't there. Nothing really got going. And like the game, it just didn't get going. Liverpool just wasn't a Liverpool. Well, saying that, they finished off prior to lockdown. Um, their form was just dipping slightly. And I think they just carried on. They just maybe need the next game. And as I mentioned earlier in commentary, that this derby maybe had come a game to... Maybe it being the first game for both sides wasn't... It wasn't the one, really. Maybe it being the second or third, we might have got a better game out of it, really. Now, the Brighton Ford Neil Malpay scored a last-minute winner against Arsenal in Saturday's 3pm kickoff, which was live on TalkSport. A challenge on the Arsenal goalkeeper from Malpay resulted in the German going off with a knee injury earlier on in the game, which irked, good word, Matteo Guendouzi. 
But the former Arsenal title winner Perry Groves had a few choice words for the Frenchman on the final word. Well, Danny Kelly, that was him. The thing that annoys me a little bit is you mentioned Gwendouzi and he's playing in centre midfield. He can't, he hasn't got the awareness to play that role, you know, getting the ball and getting on the half turn, bringing people into the game. As you said, that he's energy, he's about a dog tasting the tyre. You know what I mean? That sort of, um, <laughs> it's enthusiasm. That is what he's about. But then to hear afterwards, and I've heard a few things that ain't been great about Gwendouzi's attitude, about having a bit of humility. If he's going round in a game, like you want your players to be confident uh, and a little bit arrogant yeah. to, on the yes. pitch, but he's not good enough to go around giving people stick and giving people verbals. The team ain't good enough. I think Mopai was referring to that afterwards, wasn't exactly. he? Exactly, and the team aren't good enough because Mopai's completely he's right. If he's been getting his ear all game from Gwendouzi, right, and then Mopai scores the winner, he's absolutely within his right to go, really? What you got to say now? You, what, you want to give me a stick? I've just scored the winner. And for Gwendouzi then to grab him around the throat, which he'll get a ban, someone needs, whether it's Arteta or the coaching staff or the senior players, to tell Gwendouzi to wind his neck in and concentrate on playing. Now, you might recall on Friday night, the former Manchester United skipper Roy Keane had a little bit of a rant on Sky Sports about David De Gea. And I am sick to death of this goalkeeper. I would be fighting him at half-time. There is no getting away from that. I would be swinging punches at that guy. This is a standard stay for an established international goalkeeper. The most overrated goalkeeper. Well, this is Keane's former Ireland teammate, Tony Cascarino, on the Weekend Sports Breakfast Show, alongside Georgie Bingham, with his take on it. Or should I call him, of course, Big Tony Cascarino. If you have a problem with someone and they don't perform like De Gea has and, and you have a problem, you leave them out. You just yeah. drop them, Georgie. You don't yeah. have to go for them personally. You don't have to have all the anger towards them. You just make a decision on a team selection. And there yeah. were Keane seems to have gone, like he did last night, just goes after someone that yeah. takes it to a new level. I'm sorry, there's not a place in that for uh, football. There'll be managers that'll be looking around thinking, nah, you can't do that anymore, Roy. Now, this is Mark Saggers, Ray Houghton and Danny Mills on the Sunday exclusive on the return of football and getting used to the new norm. That's not the fella from Cheers. Well, he's the old norm. Anyway, you'll understand. I tried it with both. I, I came back in and, and the kids had it on and, and I was like, hang on a minute, what's going on? There's like crowd noise. <laughs> I went, no, no, no. I said, T- put it on the other one. I said, come on. Let's have I said, we'll be talking about this, guaranteed. I said, I need to hear both. <laughs> And I have to say, within about 30, 40 seconds, I went, oh, no, get that, get that fake noise back on. Mm-hmm. I think it's just having that sort of that hum in the background. That's the most important thing. Um, and it's just, mm-hmm. it feels so, I'm, well, Ray was there, you know, sort of his yeah. first game. I, I've got my next game I think, ne- next week. It just feels very, very odd, mm-hmm. I think, you know, without any sound at all in it. We all know somebody might say something that they shouldn't say. Um, yeah, yeah. It, the, it's not, the commentators can't be apologising all the time. Let's live in the real world with all of this. Uh, you know, if it's, it, you've got to say it at some stage, you've got to say it. But no, no, I liked what I heard from. I want to hear if there's got to be passion, and as Ray so rightly said, no passion, no passion for without the fans in these grounds. Passion was coming there from the dugouts. Passion from the players. Uh, we need to hear it. We need to hear the reality. We cannot just make everything synthetic even during a time like this very eerie it really was because normally you know when we go to games regardless what time you get there right <laughs> normally we have to wait three hours two and a half hours before kickoff 
Um, you, there's still plenty of people milling around, you know, but you get a sense that there's a, there's a game on. I didn't get that at all yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had to go to a particular uh, door where you, your temperature was taken and, and marked down. Then you had to go in and get your, your pass. And then you were told where you had to walk and everything's one way. Um, and obviously you've got to keep your distance from anyone mm-hmm. in and around you. I thought it was a little bit haphazard yesterday because we were told protocol was you had to wear a mask, but that wasn't the case for everyone. Some had them on, some didn't. So I don't know what uh, what exactly was going on mm-hmm. from that point of view. But I actually enjoyed being at the game. Now the comedian and Leeds United fan John Richardson joined Johnny Owen and friends. John, brackets, I don't know which one it could be Johnny or John because they're both Johnny. Although Johnny's a Johnny and John's a John, so I'm guessing it's John. Anyway, he spoke about what he's been up to in lockdown. Yeah, it's definitely John, not Johnny. And his love for watching matches with natural sound to make him feel better about himself. Fingers crossed this is John, not Johnny. I sort of like the abnormality of if you're going to watch the games under lockdown, they should feel different. You should hear it as it is. And I like hearing the players. It makes me feel more masculine when you hear the pitches that some of the players can reach. You know, I'm not saying... I'm anywhere near as manly as Premier League footballers, but when you hear him lose it, and there's one like, "Yay!" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a noise, aren't they? I wonder how John's beloved Leeds United got on yesterday against Cardiff on Talksport Two. Mm, dear, <clears throat> look away now, and of course, if you can look away, close your ears. In fact, just fast forward this bit. Cardiff win it back. It's Gladsall. It's two 0 what a superbly taken goal to double the Bluebirds' lead. And what a first weekend back in the championship. Second place West Brom held, third place Fulham beaten, and Leeds set to be beaten as well. 2-0 down at Cardiff. Back to the weekend breakfast show now. This is big Tony Cascarino, who made a sensational, it says here, I'm going to use the word ridiculous comment, when comparing Danny Ings to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Aubameyang as a footballer, if you look at his numbers, it's extraordinary. Yeah. Okay, As a player, it's extraordinary his numbers in goal. But it's a bit like saying, well, Firmino for Liverpool never got the goals that Suarez or Torres did, which he, which he hasn't. But he does far more for the team. And Danny Ings, again, to me, and he's done this all season. Let's remember his career's been wrecked by injury. And he's, he's, he's come back and he looks... He just leads the line brilliantly. He's a consistent mm. threat, even when the team isn't playing well. He's still trying his socks off. And he also wants to be at the football club in Southampton. He wanted to go and play football. Having yeah, a Bambi player Yang's like Aubameyang, he doesn't want to be at Arsenal. He's not committing himself to the club. Jason Cundy here, and you're listening to TalkSport Daily. Now we can head back to the Sunday exclusive and the reaction to Chelsea's win against Aston Villa. Aston Villa 1, Chelsea 2 and it is Giroud who's got the goal good build up work once again they've just worked the system really Chelsea neat one touch football and Olivier Giroud is there with the finish to bundle it into the back of the net and the turnaround is complete now he's scored I can be very happy with him adding to his great record against Villa I thought you know I get asked about Oli when he plays because he, he always gives everything the personality he's got the talent that he's got and the goal and he's a He's a man mountain for us. He's one of the focal points of the squad because of how he is around the place. And he's obviously got talent and he's always scored goals and been difficult to defend against. So delighted for him. Very disappointed. I'm absolutely, well, disappointed is an understatement. I just, our midfield is absolutely awful and we just don't have any quality apart from Grealish. McGinn's trying to get back from injury. 
we have um, a mixture of midfield players that Dean Smith doesn't seem to know who his best players are still. And um, that is where we're losing the game. And, and, you know, I think as Paul was saying about Grealish um, or yourself maybe playing on the on the left-hand side, but he, he swapped him and alternated him. But he, Smith doesn't know who else to play in what position. And I think that's what will uh, eventually kill us because we don't have any any quality to block the teams coming through and then set up the the forwards. It's it's an absolute mess. So disappointing. Now, this is the warm down on Sunday with Barry Glendenin and someone else. Of course, with the return of football, it meant the return of the most pointless game ever invented, Ian Culverhouse, which is not even a game. They just say words and then one of them goes, Oh, Culverhouse, oh, you are funny. Anyway. They were joined by Watford goalkeeper and celebrity Culverhouse fan, Ben Foster. He's probably not really a Culverhouse fan. They try to switch the ball, Leicester, from right to left and look for some space, which is exploited by Chilwell. First time shot towards the far corner and he's won it. Ben Chilwell with a stunning goal from the left edge of the area. As soon as it left its foot, I know it's going in the goal. I know it's posting in and it's millimetres, but as soon as it left its foot, I thought, oh, no, not. it's the 90th minute, come on. So we're very happy when Dawson did his overhead kick. Falls towards Cabaselli, overhead kick by Dawson, it's in and there's the equaliser. It's an overhead kick from Craig Dawson, his first ever Watford goal. Now, most importantly, Ben, Culverhouse is back. Look, you've been texting me on an almost daily basis uh, about missing it so much, haven't you? Liar. <laughs> no, I am excited, mate. It is good. I still have got a clue about the rules. They're on the website, Ben. Yeah, and I still have a text. For me, it's, it's a good fountain of knowledge of these sort of older players. Because me and my and a few of my mates have this long running game since we left school, really. Because for me, sort of Premier League was in its pump when you're sort of 13, 14, 15, and you're really getting into it. You've got, you know, you're so emotionally invested. And some of the old school players, they're just absolute vouchers. You know, the likes of Jika uh, Popescu and Ili Dimitrescu, them kind of bad boys. None of us would ever say, sort of, must have had you. You'd get crucified for saying that. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, we, we use it as kind of a, oh my God, did you hear what they said on that? And then we drop in another old school name that you haven't heard in a while. And um, it's just been rumbling on ever since. Here we go. David Oldfield. Gary Charles. Darren Barnard. Gary Penrose. Danny Maddox. Gary Bennett. Dave Bennett. Gary Waddock. Nigel Jemson. Chris Barrett-Williams. Eddie Yowds. Ruben Agbula. Peter Shirtliff. Mustafa Hadji. Yusuf Chippo. Dane Whitehouse. Peggy Arfaxed. Gary Bannister. Alan Kimball. <laughs> Did you double Bannister? I think I might. Ian Culverhouse. Oh, Barry, after all that. <laughs> Now, following Saturday's 2-0 home defeat to Wolves, West Ham manager David Moyes spoke to TalkSport's Ian Abrahams and the Moose began by asking the Hammers boss what he thought of Declan Rice's performance at the back. Finding Doherty just outside the penalty area and it's hit first time in the volley and it's a brilliant goal by Neto and Wolves lead by two goals to nil. Cross from Doherty this time and a thunderous first-time volley by Pedro Neto. Well, I think Declan's uh, arguably you know, one of our best centre-halves and he's arguably one of our best, if not our best, midfield player as well. So we had a, we had a choice what we had to do today. We had to look to see what we, we had available to us and we felt playing him at the back was, was best today. 
I think for long periods he showed that he was very good, and uh, we only had a we only had a problem really when when they brought on Triori. I think prior to that we weren't too bad. No Sebastian Haller today. I mean, is he going to be available for Spurs? And and that now is is a big game because Watford have got a point today. Mm -hmm. Brighton have got a win yeah. today. So Spurs is now bigger game than it was even before. Yeah, well, these were always going to be big games for us. I think we looked at these three games and three teams that are going for Champions League spots and we know they're going to be tough. So uh, the answer is I don't know yet about Seb and I don't know about Angelo, but uh, I'm hoping to get them back because, you know, they would be both players who we would be probably looking to have in our, our starting 11 if they were both available. Just one more. In, in terms of this being a short sprint of nine games left in the season, I won't say devastating, but how much of a setback is today? No, I think losing, losing any time's a setback. If you're a manager, you always feel disappointed, and you know you're. We're looking for positives, and it was, you know, for long periods of the game, we we stuck at it. We were resilient. We we kept defending. We kept doing the right things to make sure that we weren't going to going to lose the game. I really think that the, the complete game changed when they brought on Triori, and uh, you know, I'm more annoyed at the second bit. Not that Triori's hard to stop. We didn't do that, but the second bit. You know, when it was defending the cross, then we should have done much better on that. Now, I made a bit of history yesterday on TalkSport by becoming the first ever presenter to have two different shows back-to-back. -back. The first one, we've already talked about, that was Andy Goldstein's full-time phoning. Time now to hear what happened in Andy Goldstein's Transgroup Express. And going back to what I was talking about earlier with names above doors, my name isn't actually above this door, but it could be. Champions League and Europa League, the formats have been agreed, Andy Brassel, now this week. Uh, yeah, they have. And um, it's going to be the final eight that we expected. It's going to be in Lisbon, as we expected. And it's going to be in August, as we expected. Um, so it, rather than being two-legged games for the quarterfinals and semifinals, it's going to be one-off tournament style um, between the two stadiums of Benfica and Sporting, the Estadio de Luz and the Estadio José Alvalade. And um, probably the final will be in the Luz, as it was in... Um, 2014, where Sergio Ramos scored one of his most famous goals, of course, to stop them losing to Atletico Madrid, and then they went in and, and won in in extra time. Uh, whether Real Madrid will be there, we'll have to wait and see, because that's when the quarter, for, um, the last 16 game, sorry, that needs to be mopped up. But it's going to be between August 12th and August 23rd, and I think it's going to be really exciting. I mean, there've been people already talking about, you know, is this something that we could see in future seasons? Could this be a permanent change to the Champions League? I don't really think so, because I think there are a lot of big clubs who I think believe it would introduce a random element to the last eight of the competition that they don't really want to see, obviously. And also, I think the fact is, you know, when we talk about sometimes the, the poor quality of, of summer tournaments, it's because players are knackered after a long season. I just wonder how good the actual quality of the, the football will be in this. I, I think it might mirror... Um, some of the other European championships. Now, I wonder if it f f favours a team that kind of just defends their way through games. Maybe Atletico Madrid, Mark? Oh, I hope not, Andy. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just want to see, you know, I, I think in recent years, the Champions League has just become the number one sort of tournament um, for all the reasons really why what Andy mentioned, you know, the World Cup and European Championship is still very special. But I think in terms of pure football quality, nothing beats the latter stages, um, you know, of those um, Champions League matches, particularly even if you go back to last season, the comebacks from Tottenham and Liverpool, you know, to take that away feels like the wrong thing and you know I act as victory away to Juventus and Real Madrid I, I just I, I don't like that
Just time to tell you of some live football that's happening on TalkSport, well, TalkSport 2, actually. At 5.15 tonight, Exeter take on Colchester. It's the League 2 playoff semi-final second leg. And at 8pm, also on TalkSport 2, Cheltenham take on Northampton. Cobblers, no, it's true. And again, another League 2 playoff semi-final second leg. I'll be back tonight from 10pm for Andy Goldstein's... Go, you got enough shows? Yep, I have, actually. Thanks for asking. Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday, of course, from 10pm. It's the Monday edition tonight. You don't say. Yeah, I do. And I'll be alongside the Moonface, the fun boy Jason Cunning. That's it. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.